to the 44th Toronto International Film Festival. You lucky, lucky people. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is our Toronto International Film Festival 2019 review of True History of the Kelly Gang. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Um, this time, it's not a theater near you. It's an international film festival near you. Um, we are talking about True History of the Kelly Gang. Um, once again, I don't believe there is a trailer yet for I don't this. I think so. Um, so we are just going to dive right in. True History of the Kelly Gang. It's based on a book about a man named, what was his first name? Ned Kelly. Ned, Ned Kelly, um, who was basically an Irish immigrant in Australia during the time when the British were basically ruling them. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, it's the story of sort of his childhood. Um, his adulthood and his sort of rise within the community in Australia as he kind of became this figure that a lot of people got behind as he kind of started the 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 bush right what the yeah he's a bush ranger B- bush ranger yeah. um yeah so it's sort of his um, basically their their version of like the outlaws in the wild wild west yeah yeah so Stephen Miller what did you think of True History of the Kelly Gang I think. This is going to be one of Carson's favorite movies of the year. Um, <laughs> man, I mean, there there is a lot to really love about this movie. I think uh, I think the soundtrack is just awesome. It's rare for me to point that out first, but it was really keeping me going, especially as the fourth movie of the day after like five hours of sleep. Um, this movie just has a like a great energy to it. Um, I think it the first half of this movie really speeds along in a way that I, I loved. Uh, there's great character moments with Charlie Hunnam again shows up here. Uh, Russell Crowe, I, I loved his character in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he's um, pretty amazing. He's just awesome. And we're basically learning like the, a coming-of-age story about a kid where he is coming of age to a world of violence and basically like learning what his place in is that. And then the movie shifts into being a movie about the adult Ned Kelly and his evolution from wanting to live within the bounds of the law uh, to embracing his heritage as like a an outlaw and a leader who is trying to commit violence. And I really enjoyed this part of the movie. I don't understand the evolution of the character in the adult part of the movie. In, in my, my experience of watching this movie was that we see Ned Kelly steer into violence as a child our first introduction to him as an adult is as a fighter, a person who's beating the shit out of someone else. And the evolution we see is how he becomes the sort of person who beats the shit out of people. Yeah. Um, so there, there was something missing there for me in the character evolution of Ned Kelly. I think part of this might just be lost in translation. I didn't always pick up on, like, the accents were sometimes a little thick, so I didn't, like, uh, always 100% get what was going on in kind of intense scenes of dialogue. Um And yeah, there was just a little bit maybe lost in terms of what, what did he represent as like a Bush Ranger and as this outlaw leader? What did his family represent before that? What kind of thievery did the rest of his family do? And how does he distinguish himself from that? Those details are a little muddled, but I almost don't care about them because I think just the filmmaking is so 
visceral and gripping in this movie. I think the performances are just awesome. Um, the lead George McKay, who plays Ned, uh, do you could you pick up on where he was from, like where we've seen him in before? No. So he was the kid in uh, Captain Fantastic, the one who like oh, hunts the yeah, animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he has this very like distinguishing face, where it's almost like if you took a, a Culkin kid and like stretched him out a little more. Um, but he's just like this kind of. I, I don't even know how to describe him. It's like a, a scrawny force of nature. Like it, it feels like he could play a Joker character, actually, um, where it's just this person who is like, he looks like he could be serious and stern, but then he also is capable of like fits of mad violence. And we kind of see his character descend, if not emotionally, into being unstable. At least he is letting his image descend into something unsettling and he's giving the appearance of being volatile and totally unpredictable in a way that I think is like super compelling to watch. Um, side characters are all great here. I already mentioned Russell Crowe. Um, Nicholas Holt in this movie plays like a really interesting constable character, as does uh, Charlie Hunnam. Uh, I, I think it's pronounced constable. Uh, constable. <laughs> Excuse me, yeah. Uh, both of them. Uh, Essie Davis as the mom, who was also the mom in The Babadook. So we have yet another connection to Jennifer Kent, because I know we're going to talk about The Nightingale probably too. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I could summarize this movie, it's that... It feels like Outlaw King from last year, but where Outlaw King, I feel like, suffered from a lack of directorial style. It felt very much like, here's the Wikipedia entry for this character. This movie sacrifices a little bit of the Wikipedia, but in return, it has just style oozing out of, like, every scene. And for me, call it, like, the, the late showing in the festival and just a desire to be wowed by something, but I was just totally on board with this movie. So, yeah, I'm... I'm pretty happy with it, even if I don't 100% understand his character development. Yeah, so this is uh, this is a pretty damn great film whose only flaw or sin is that it's not four hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there is a half a movie that is just missing from it. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. We see, so we see the child and how he... Like, the experience that... Like, we can see how the experience he had as a child could lead to who he is towards the end of the film. But then in the middle of the film, the man second, so, th- so this film is split into three segments. There's boy, man, and monitor. And the man section is the section that's supposed to bridge boy and mo- to, to monitor. But the problem with it is, is that like, so he, he grows up um, a family who is sort of already semi-outlawish, right? Like, you have the constable who's always coming down on them. They sort of, like, steal some things that they need. They may or may not be, like, bootlegging alcohol, but, like, the constable lets them do that because he wants some of it. Like, they're they're sort of already on the outskirts of what is legal in their existence anyways. And, like, any sort of um, gang or whatever in any major city, like, they're sort of, like like the the quote police are on the take from them and that's the only reason why they're allowed to go about their their stuff when he comes back as a man um like as as a youth he spends some time in youth jail or whatever he is and when he gets out he's sort of he's sort of on the straight and narrow right like he's 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 now like quote unquote legit right he's out of the biz of being this little thief mm-hmm. he comes back to visit his family he's not happy that they're all thieves still um and he's sort of trying to be above it 
And through the course of certain events, he sees that so long as the constables are in control of everything, um, or the constable is in control of everything, and like there's this oppression um, um, stays the way it is, he sort of arrives at the idea that nothing he can do, like if he tries to just stay legit, um, his family will always be oppressed and there's no, no, no one's ever going to be able to change that because things are the way they are. And he sort of through a series of things is forced into the life of becoming the man who rises up to become the monitor. And, Mm. um, I wish so deeply that we could see that rise happen instead of cut to having risen. Yep. Um, and I think that it's a real disservice to the film that we don't get more time spent with that. Um, in the Q and a at the end of the film, um, the director mentioned that the book that this is based off is really, really big. And he kind of chose these important parts of the story, um, to focus on. But I think that like this film would have been perfect or like even like not split into two films, but like, a long film with an inter- intermission or something, mm-hmm. right? Like something that can really let you spend and see that. Cause, cause yeah, we outside of other characters mentioning that there's a point where they're like robbing banks and things like that. Um, you don't really see um, the extent to who Ned Kelly was like uh, apparently he's sort of a legend in Australia um, um, for various groups of people, um, both good and bad legend right um but we don't see how he becomes that we just see his childhood and then where he is as as an adult and then the aftermath of him doing his thing right and i think that every bit of this film is incredibly compelling but it's missing the parts that aren't there Mm -hmm. to really round this out to be like a legit just perfect film. Yeah. Um, and and so. I think it didn't, like, it wouldn't even need to be mega long with an intermission. Like, it's a two-hour movie. I think an extra half hour could have really given you that that rise that we're looking for. Yeah. And maybe this is a thing, kind of like Outlaw King, right, where it felt like it kind of assumes that you know something already, like you already are aware of the significance, so it can it can skip through important details. Yeah. I feel like maybe this film was made with the understanding that in Australia, like the legend of Ned Kelly is pretty strong. Like if you made a movie about the assassination of Jesse James, for instance, and maybe you don't need to show the whole life and what made him become Jesse James because he's already a legend. Um, yeah, yeah. But for for me, at least, missing that was critical. And it also made me not entirely understand every action that Ned Kelly takes by the end of this movie. Um, like there, there are certain things, especially towards the end involving an English teacher where his behavior is, I don't understand if it's a tactic or if it is a reflection of some inner turmoil of his, or if it's a third thing that I didn't even pick up on. Um, Like I'd kind of started to lose the narrative thread of why he does the things that he does. Yeah. it, It seemed, it seemed very much like it was a turmoil that he like, cause he, from a very young age, he is instilled with this idea that an individual needs to write their own history so that that history isn't taken from them by other people. Um, and I think that the the school teacher, being an English teacher, offering him uh, help in his writings is too too tasty of a of a treat to for him to not want to like be drawn in by. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think I I kind of took it as him letting his guard down because 
he feels like he wants what that person is offering. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But that's just where I was in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, I feel like it's been a while since I've seen a a violent movie that is just this assured in the way that it stylizes everything. Like it, it just has so many amazing scenes. Like I, I honed in on Russell Crowe because I really think he exemplifies early on in this movie just how brutal we can get while still being a fun kind of entertaining journey. Yeah. Um, no, he, he was great. I mean, I, I think you sort of chuckled a little bit the, when we first see him because you were yeah. like, what? <laughs> sure. You're never ready for Russell Crowe. <laughs> um, but I really, I really think he sort of steals the show a bit in the middle of the film, just with his, like, his, his sort of swagger that he brings to the whole thing and his his like the situation in which he is put with Ned in the story is is theoretically bad but it seems positive towards who Ned is um and it, it's it's an interesting influence of those two characters interacting together yeah um and it kind of um yeah it, it's it's the character that that the nightingale was missing yeah. <laughs> this is also kind of yet another movie three out of four for the day where it's about a character learning the best and worst influences of their parent and kind of like learning to take that to an extreme at the end for better or worse. Um, yeah. Which is kind of an interesting, interesting theme. Uh, yeah. The only other thing that came to mind is that I was a little jarred to see Thomas and Mackenzie show up here as a, uh, I believe a prostitute in the movie. Oh, uh, is this the girl from... She was in yeah, Leave yeah. No Trace. Yeah, Leave no so no the Trace. last time I saw her one year ago, I was meant to be thinking of her as a child, basically. Yeah, yeah. And now all of a sudden she's <laughs> a sexual being. I don't know that she, she, she does fine. And the actress is 19. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But that was just one thing that I was like, oh, I was not expecting you to be an adult in this movie. Yeah, yeah. That was a little strange. But um, any last thoughts about this film? I think we're good. All right, so let's get to verdicts for this film. Stephen Miller, if you were going to give this a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for until it passes the caveat or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I'm giving it a strong recommend with a caveat. Um, I think it is like extremely well-made. It's very gripping. Again, I'm going to be shocked if Carson doesn't just love this movie. Uh, it definitely makes me want to check out Justin Kurtzell's other movies because like, I'm clearly a fan of what he's putting down. <laughs> I'm picking it up. Uh, the, the only thing that keeps it from being a must-see for me as I, because of the duration of the film and maybe context that I was missing, I, I felt like I couldn't always get a handle of what was going on. And I'm okay with being lost in a movie, but this one seems like it, it has historical resonance where it would benefit from me not being lost. So yeah. I think there's a version of this movie that is just like a, you know, the next Braveheart basically. And this just kind of, it fails to meet that just on the mechanics of what it's allowed to get done in a two hour runtime. So bumping down but it's a very strong recommend with a caveat yeah um i'm gonna give it a recommend with a caveat as well i feel like if it had the extra time to fill in the gap between man and monitor um it would be sort of a perfect film i think it's 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 lacking just a little bit of the 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 change of who he was starting to become and who he did become um and if it could just fill in that gap it would definitely be a must see for me yeah so Cool. Well, that will do it for our review of True History of the Kelly Gang. Stephen Miller, if people want to find it throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com.
People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash warning, or Instagram.com slash warning. If you want to get hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from something related to the Toronto International Film Festival. So hopefully you're enjoying whatever's playing there. And uh, yep, it is currently 1.47 in the AM <laughs> um, local time. So we are going to take off, try to get some shut-eye, and then we'll be up again tomorrow to watch and review four more films. Yep. To order iPhones and do it all over again. <laughs> Bye. This is Canadian content. And it's time we take credit for it. Starting now. Oh, oh. Canada!